Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In the early fours, he's a trooper. Y'all call me this. Oh, man, y'all must be crazy. Nah, man. His wife gets him out of bed and makes him work out. Is that what it is? At about 530. Ah, so okay. He's just recovering from that workout. <laughs> Charles Davis, NFL on Fox Analyst, joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. Gio and Joel. CD, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. It's good, good to talk with you, BJ. Randy, how you doing? And Randy, one thing, uh, I, I just don't recover anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can relate. <laughs> Definitely can relate to that. Hey, we've been discussing uh, the big trade that went down last night. Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. finally moving on from the Patriots, uh, going out to San Francisco. Uh, what do you make of this, and how is it going to play for both teams? I think it plays really well for San Francisco because – the fan base needs to see, you know, something that says, boy, we really want to win some ball games." You know, you've seen some of it already because I think that the administration and, look, there's some bias here because I've known John Lynch for a long time, been a colleague of his, and I want him to be extremely successful. But I really liked what he did. He and Kyle Shanahan, when he got there, took the job. Rookie GM, never done it before. How's he get this job? And I thought he handled the draft like a veteran. I mean, just, you know, being able to get extra picks out of the deal with um, Mitchell Trubisky, being able to get Reuben Foster in the first round when other people wanted to pass on him, just right on down the line. I just liked it. This move here, when everyone in the league was saying, well, Kirk Cousins is going to San Francisco, that was a big one. You get the guy that everyone was talking about, the guy everyone was convinced was not leaving New England because, you know, Belichick's going to hold on to him because Brady's 40 years old. I really like that one. For New England, <laughs> it's as simple as this. Anytime we don't really know what they're doing, we should sit down and say they know what they're doing because they always end up figuring it out. So I can't wait to see how it plays out. And ironically enough, there's no room for Brian Hoyer now, right, in San Francisco? Does he end up back as the, as the backup this season to finish out the year for Tom Brady since he already knows the system? Could he end up back there? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Hey, and when you talk about that trade in general, that's a franchise. I was just out there last weekend, Charles, and that fan base is not happy. Yeah. Not even close to happy. Um, they have a little patience, a little grace period because of, you know, John John Lynch's sort of gravitas and his, his Stanford roots and, and everything else, but... They need, like you said, they need to see something kind of positive. The problem's going to be they're going to have to wrap Garoppolo in in Kevlar. Yeah. Because that offensive line is sorry. (laughs) Well, well, that's what I – my first thought, Randy, was, okay, you trade for this incredible asset that you're going to build around, but – do you play him this year? <laughs> <laughs> Behind those guys? Because I just can't. I mean, I just did San Francisco, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And they, you, you, I mean, you know, they finished the game. Oh, God. Eric Magnuson, an undrafted free agent, 
had to end up start playing right tackle because the game started. Trent Brown didn't start because he was hurt. Gary Gilliam, who was the backup, started, got hurt. They put Zane Beatles in at right tackle, who's been to the Pro Bowl before, but as a guard. He plays right tackle. Then there's another injury. <laughs> Joe Staley gets hurt. So now Beatles has to go to left tackle. Magnuson has to come off the bench, go to right tackle. And the next move was one of the tight ends was going to have to play. That's Oof. where they are in the offensive line. And Brandon Fusco started at right guard, and he was questionable right up. They had to warm him up and see if he could play with a bicep injury. So now you've traded for this incredible asset, but to your point, I'm kind of sitting there with you, Randy. I don't know if this is really the good thing for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> and I did see where they already said he won't start this week. Yeah. And, and, and they're probably contemplating, well, what week would we start it? Maybe we just don't. That's one, that's one less week to wear that future cast. <laughs> maybe, 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 we, maybe we're talking about starting him in 2018. Let's let him learn. <laughs> hey, but keeping it in the division – don't you think that trade between the Texans and the Seahawks is something that will bear a lot more fruit very, very quickly? Well, it had to happen. I mean, Randy, you you, you, I mean, you played at such a high level. Brian, you understand as, 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 a, as a linebacker reading line play, Seattle is not Seattle. We can talk about Seattle as much as we want to and go, hey, look at the record. They're doing great and all that. But they're not the Seattle we know because they cannot literally cannot run the football. I mean, last week, Russell Wilson had 30 yards rushing. The team had 33 total. Mm. I mean, think about yeah. that. Running backs at Seattle can't run football. So the move for Dwayne Brown is paramount. Now, I get them this week, which is, I mean, I'm having fun with all this trading, just all these teams. This is awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Brown's got to come in and play. They've got to figure out how to move the ball. They've got to figure out what's going on with the running backs because they've got to take some pressure off because right now, it is Russell Wilson's wild, magical tour, and that's just not the way that they want to sustain, but that might be the way they have to. That's a big move. They give up a defensive back and some picks. I think it's a move that they had to make, and I think it's a great move for them. And let's face it, Dwayne Brown and Robert McNair, that wasn't going to go any longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as much as it was a money deal, uh, that was also uh, this relationship needs to be severed. This relationship is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely that. Charles Davis, NFL on Fox Analyst, joining us here on CBS Sports Radio, Geo and Jones. I want to go back to the Eagles because what have you witnessed with the maturation of Carson Wentz? And not just Wentz. I think, yep. we, we, yes, the quarterback gets the lion's share of the praise. That's a, a, a pivotal position, of course. But offensively, they just look so much fluid and smooth, and it helps when your your former number one receiver, Aguilar, is now catching the rock, and they've solidified yep. him as that slot position. But And you go get Alshon Jeffrey. But they look damn good from receiver to tight end to quarterback, every position on that team. Well, let's go ahead and hit it real quick. Offensive line is playing very well for them, and now losing Jason Peters is a killer because he's so fantastic. But they'll put, you know, Big V, Halapulavate, Vitae at left tackle because they don't want to move Lane Johnson because there are a lot of great pass rushers they're going to play against that actually come from Lane Johnson's side as a general rule. So don't shift him over there away from Von Miller and Khalil Mack. <laughs> Leave him where he needs to be. Tight end Zach Ertz has been healthy all year. If you look at Zach Ertz's career, he chews people up in November and December when he's healthy. This is the year that he's been healthy from the word go, and look at the numbers he's got. And they surrounded him with better receivers, bringing in Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, 
Aguilar, as you pointed out, has developed when many people thought he was an absolute bust. So you put it all together, the coaching that they've had, one voice in coaching Carson Wentz with three different guys who could coach quarterback, but they all managed to put it together and not screw him up like golf coaches. No swing this way, no swing that way, no swing this way, no think this, no think – no, it's one way. And they've all had the same voice in coaching him, and they look pretty darn good. And right now their confidence couldn't be any higher because their defense. Defense feels like, hey, if we just get the ball for number 11, we're going to be in great shape. Yeah, you look at uh, that East in general, Charles. Wh- where Who's going to challenge? I mean, there's really isn't, there's no way to tell. A couple weeks ago, Denver was right. good. A couple weeks ago, there's all kinds of teams that were playing good. But is Dallas the team that's going to be the real challenge to Philadelphia, or is Philadelphia's biggest challenge going to be paying attention? Well, Randy, prior to last night's you know news that they reinstated for, what is it, the umpteenth time, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension. Yeah. I was loving Dallas and how they were coming. It felt to me like they had kind of settled in, and it felt like we're good for the year with Zeke. This thing's done, right? They'll have to come get him next year. It's been reinstated. They'll fight it again. We'll see. But I liked where Dallas was going, and I thought they were the contender. And remember, they still got to play Philadelphia twice. Right. This thing's far from over, so I can't wait to see how it plays out. But if they get that TRO again, because the TRO, the temporary restraining order, has been Dallas's best friend this season. Because mm-hmm. that's <laughs> helped keep Zeke on the football field. When you look at Tampa Bay, and we've we, uh, mulling this uh, question yesterday. Yeah, where'd, uh, they, where'd they go, Yeah, they, the they have regressed. And Dirk Cutter was supposed to come in and be the quarterback whisperer and help take uh, Jameis Winston, number one overall pick, take his game. To the you know through the stratosphere and, and that hasn't come to fruition. They they draft well. They get big time free agents and Deshaun Jackson. Have you been able to measure uh, you know the angst uh, there in Tampa with this football team? If there was an angst meter, BJ, it's sky high because the hopes for this season. Look, you guys have been around the game a long time. How many years in a row? Have we all talked about, well, you know, Tampa Bay could be that team that you got to talk about, mm-hmm. right, for many, many times. Remember when Darrell Rivas went there as a corner? Yep. Hey, you're not talking about Tampa Bay. You probably should, and it never came to fruition, right? This one felt real. This one felt like this is the time. Hard knocks, young quarterback, you name it. Right now they are a lot like the Lucy, Lucille Ball show. Ricky Ricardo, Lucy! You got some splaining to do because no one can figure this out. Yeah. I mean, heck, New, New Orleans is leading the division. New Orleans is leading the division. Listen, <laughs> Tampa mm-hmm. Bay's numbers last year on defense were not good. We know that. But the last half of the season, they were way better. So they looked like they were on the rise, didn't they? Mike Smith running the defense. They got some players, et cetera. Offensively, you thought the same thing. Here they come. I can't explain it. I saw them in Arizona. And two years in a row, they go out with, hey, you guys going to handle the time change? Ah, we got this. No problem. Two years in a row, they get whacked. So I don't know what, what to say. I don't know what it is. And let's face it, we are in a little bit of a bizarre world because New Orleans, they're doing it on defense. Yeah, I just said that. New Orleans yeah. is doing it on defense. So we're all just kind of like, what the heck? What are we seeing? So it's really throwing us a little bit. But it's actually fun to watch. Drew Brees manage games at times as opposed to having to be the gunslinger and go get points. 
How about that game last night, Charles? Oh, man. I'm glad I'm not Vance Joseph right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> because he came, he came full out for Trevor Simeon, didn't he? Now where do you go? There's right? no, there, there, you go? there is no retreat. There's, right? I mean, he, can't, he said it, and, and Lisa Salters reported it last night. He told him in their production meeting, no matter what, he doesn't come out. He's our quarterback. And then after the game, I think in the post-game presser, because I just saw a headline, so I haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to misquote Vance. Mm-hmm. But I think the impression was much more, he didn't go all in on Trevor Simeon anymore. <laughs> Yo, how could he? <laughs> I mean, that's a tough one. Here's your problem, though. You go into the quarterback room and you're staring at Brock Osweiler and Paxton Lynch. Lynch, you would think, would be the first guy up because of the draft status, but he really did not impress them at all in preseason and has been hurt. And then you got Osweiler sitting there. Somewhere John John Elway, when he sits down with Vance Joseph, they just look at each other. <laughs> what do you do? So they're gonna, I think they're going to try to continue to ride Simeon. But, boy, that one really, that one really dented their confidence because he, he, last night was a night where, unfortunately, he gave his team no chance. And that was a tough one. Oakland, uh, they haven't looked like they have a chance. They get waxed out here on the Northeast by Buffalo this Ooh. past weekend. And this was a team that rode into the season with a lot of expectations. And you got your franchise quarterback. You have him locked up. And uh, you've drafted – at least offensively pretty well. Khalil Mack on the defensive side of the ball. What is going on with the Raiders? I don't know, and I was frankly surprised that they didn't take that Kansas City Thursday night win with a few extra days and parlay it. Yeah. Because I thought that that win was the jump start that they needed to get back to it. Too many stories about Marshawn Lynch dancing with fans and riding subways and not enough stories about good play. And that's part of what I think is, is an issue there. The, far, the great that Marshawn brought them, which was to get, keep the fans off their back while they're getting ready to move to Las Vegas, there's also not the same production. And they just can't figure it out defensively about how to be able to cover people when the chips are down. That Kansas City game, they won it, but Kansas City lost it as much as they won it. So now when you flip it over, you're going on an East Coast swing usually handle that well you've got to go beat buffalo i know buffalo is having a nice start to the season but you've got to go beat buffalo if you're who you say you are so i have very serious questions about about oakland right now and i truthfully another team i just can't figure out they're like tampa bay to me i can't put my finger on what exactly it is because i don't have anything that just jumps out well this is the reason why if Derek carr still wasn't playing that would be it for oakland but that's not it they only lost him for one game that was amazing. That offensive line is so vaunted and, and talented. Is that the issue? What's going on there? We knew defense. They had to work on it, but I know they'd be you know, struggling this much. I can't put my finger on it. Hey, Charles, I can't, uh, can't have you on and not discuss a little bit about your other favorite football team, the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, my alma mater. Yeah, <laughs> what's, uh, what's going on with them? What's going on in the SEC in general? It seems like yeah. there's a lot of people with itchy trigger fingers. <laughs> there are, aren't there, Randy? Man. People lining up, don't they? Yeah. Now, now, the Florida thing, I'll go Florida real quick before I get back to my alma mater. The Florida thing was really not an on-field deal, as we're discovering as things continue to leak out. Bad relationship between head coach and administration – 
And then I don't know what head coach was thinking in press conference talking about death threats to his family. Mm-hmm. Because those are the things that you share with your administration first. I don't care who you are. You go to your administration, tell them what's going on, and ask for help. When you share it with the public, and administration hears it secondhand, they're upset that you didn't share it with them to begin. Then when they ask you how they can help, what did you get, and you don't have great answers for them, now they're really upset. And, and, and couple that with getting whacked in, in the big game against Georgia, and they couldn't wait to get him out of there. And I think what's telling to me about it is they really owed him, if they fired him, nearly $13 million. From what I'm hearing, they're settling somewhere between four and five. So that tells me that he, he's culpable of something. Because if, if, if that much money's not going in his pocket, mm-hmm. then he did something wrong there that they've got him for. And I think they said, tell you what, but let's settle on this and you be gone. <laughs> Tennessee, on the other hand, administration is still with the head coach. They've made no move that way. But the confidence of the fans, as you know, Randy, being back there in Atlanta, you know the confidence of the fans is nil, absolute nil. And I've seen things now where the fans are talking about, well, one way to get the administration attention is just don't go to the game. Yeah. And, and when you start doing that, and I've always said this, as soon as teams who generally draw real well don't draw well, that's when the coach is in trouble. Phil Fulmer's a Hall of Fame coach at Tennessee. When, when we started getting – 75,000 at games instead of 100,000. That was the end of his tenure. When the sellout streak at Georgia, remember that long sellout streak Georgia yeah. had? Mm-hmm. When Mark, when that got broken with Mark Richt, despite the fact he was winning 80-plus percent of his games, he was gone. And that's, what, that's, that's when it happens. Economically, that's when, that's when moves happen. Obviously, I don't want it to happen. I hate the idea that we're going to have to it looks like we're going to have to change coaches again. I wanted Butch Jones. I want Butch Jones to be successful. But it just doesn't look like it's going to happen right now because we're also – it's one thing to get beat by Alabama, but when you're starting to lose to teams that you should be beating as a, on a general basis, and no offense to any of the fan bases out there, but if you, if you stack them up, Tennessee should be beating South Carolina, should be beating Kentucky, should be beating Vanderbilt. And when that's not happening regularly – that's a problem. Yeah, you have a campaign out there now, empty Neyland yeah, Stadium empty instead Neyland of Stadium. I saw that. And I was like, oh, that yeah. breaks my heart because yeah. going to going to games is a part of family culture, family oh, yeah. lore, Tennessee support, and I just hate that that that's the way people think they have to react, but that's the way people try to get people's attention, and, and if that's going to be the case, that's good. That could be for an ugly Saturday. Charles, we appreciate you getting up early for us, my man. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. But Randy Hatter, I'm just trying to cool down from that workout because <laughs> if, if I gain any more weight, I'll, I'll be I'll be a no house dude. All right, I'll be, the, I'll be the one kicked out. Mama's still having you climbing walls and doing all that stuff. Yeah, and, and she said I didn't hit the right times today on her stopwatch. There you go. <laughs> really ugly tomorrow. <laughs> Woo! Cracking the whip, my man. All right, better have a good one. You guys, too. Great to talk with you. you Thanks, Charles. It. Charles Davis, NFL on Fox Analyst, joining us here on Geo and Jones. And when we come back, we got to talk some more football. My Cowboys, man. Just when it looks like they're getting right. Just when they beat the hated Washington Redskins on their field. Never leave it in the hands of attorneys. Man. They're getting paid, aren't they? Yes, they yes, are. Yes, they are. Randy Cross, I'm Brian Jones. Randy sitting in for Geo, of course. And we'll be right back. 
This is Hall of Fame running back Curtis Martin, and you're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. RC, you're an Imagine Dragons fan? I like him. Yeah, yeah. Our producer, Tim Weinkoff, over on the television side, he, he turned me on to this one because I was talking about Thunder because yeah. uh, that's my fave. And uh, he said, no, you need to hear Believer. And he was right. It's pretty good. It's a good tune here, man. Imagine Dragons. Never heard of Imagine Dragons till a yoga instructor a couple of years ago was playing at Radioactive. I was like, what is that? <laughs> Been jamming them ever since. I'm slow to the party every now and then. Well, just, you know. just every now and then. But yeah. at least I arrive Except eventually. Though, this is good for you because they are still relatively new. You liking Stained in 2017. I like Stained before 2017. Yeah, but still, you're you like guys. a decade behind on those guys. You're well, almost no, no, there no, when the they were hot, I was there. Mm. I just wasn't with you guys, so you didn't know I was liking them <laughs> All right. there. All right, never no, mind. I liked that been a while when it first came out. Well, still liking them now is the problem. Oh, is that the problem? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I still like them. Yeah. It's been a while since they did something, hasn't it? <laughs> Are they still together? Yeah. They don't like each other anymore. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? <laughs> All my great bands break up. Creed, Stain. I think... Uh, Train is still together, right? They are. Yeah. Yes. You guys have, y'all appreciate Train a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah, Someone, Train's good. Oh, Train's okay. good. Yeah. All right. Dang. Finally, some, uh, we come together here, Randy, <laughs> on the on the music tip. But, we, uh, uh, we, we, for a little bit, had Brian convinced that Scott Stapp of Creed had passed away. Yeah. They, but, did, uh, they did try Anybody to in that business, it's not hard to convince people that they might <laughs> be dead. <laughs> it's on the table. <laughs> this is true. This is this, this is definitely true, man. And, and since we're talking music, what was the song again that went off in the, the press conference for D'Antonio? Uh, Mo- Moana. Moana. Are you familiar with that? You have young children. Uh, yes, yes. I've seen the movie. So I, this- just, I just bought my two-year-old granddaughter a Moana sweatshirt. Yeah. She went ballistic. Is that right? Yeah, no, yeah. Moana is a Polynesian young lady. Yes. And it's a cartoon, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm not up on it. Has it been around for a while? Uh, it's on two years, three yeah, years a couple old, years. couple years. Now, Mark D'Antonio was doing, the Michigan State head coach was doing his press conference yesterday, and this is after an inexplicable loss to Northwestern. Uh, no offense, Northwestern. Uh, but uh, then someone, one of the reporters' phones went off, and this was the ringtone. You know, the run after catch. It wasn't so much deep balls. Deep balls didn't hurt us, but the, the catch and run after catch, leveraging a football. Let me turn this off. The rock, baby. Yeah, that's the rock. That's the rock. Uh, now, so was it his phone? I thought it was a reporter's phone. That's no, his phone. You hear phone. him say, let me turn this off. Yeah. I understand it, but you can turn off a reporter's phone because they put their phones up there to record the press conference sometimes. And nay, nay. Yeah, so, so it was his phone. All right. Well, whoever's phone it was. Uh, interesting. I guess he has some some young grandchildren too. It could, That's it, why it could be worse. It could have been like Nickelback. Came yeah. out. <laughs> hey man, I like Nickelback. Yeah, it could have been stained. That's another. One. <laughs> it could have been worse than that. <laughs> Who the is this calling? <laughs> you know, people have all kinds of crazy ringtones. So luckily, it, it was it was that one, and it was it was somewhat tame. So now. <laughs> there you go. Look at that photograph. <laughs> Could have been some hip hop too. <laughs> I don't care. If you, I didn't do it. I don't care if you got pictures. The hell with your photograph. <laughs> it's like wasn't me, yeah. right? Andrew Bogus back with an update. Gentlemen, Broncos head coach Vance Joseph not having the time of his life on Monday Night Football in Kansas City. Second and 10 from his own 18. Simeon in the shotgun drops back. Being chased far side on the numbers. He throws the opposite way. The pass is picked off. 
It's picked off by Acker. He's on the 25, runs between the hash marks, and it's taken down at the Denver 22. Kevin Harlan, Westwood 1, Kenneth Acker, the third and final interception of Trevor Simeon. Last night, the Broncos also lost two fumbles, fueling the Chiefs' 29-19 victory. And now Joseph is answering questions about changing QBs. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure, but you know, losing three games in a row and having five turnovers tonight, anything's the possible. The Chiefs had lost two straight after that 5-0 and start. They had to settle for five field goals last night with Alex Smith completing just 14 of 31 passes, and Kareem Hunt held to 46 rushing yards. Tight end Travis Kelsey did have seven catches for 133 yards in their lone offensive touchdown. The Chiefs now go to Dallas this weekend, probably will not have to deal with Ezekiel Elliott. A district court judge reinstated his six-game suspension yesterday, but did give Elliott's lawyers 24 hours to decide on an appeal. The pause button could be hit again while that appeal is heard, or Elliott is out until mid-December. Jimmy Garoppolo is on his way to San Francisco. The Niners sending a second-round pick to New England. The Patriots now need a backup QB. It could be Brian Hoyer, whom the Niners should release today. The Seahawks adding left tackle Dwayne Brown before this afternoon's trade deadline. The Texans getting back corner Jeremy Lane, a fifth-round pick in the spring, a second-rounder in 2019. And Bears tight end Zach Miller still in a New Orleans hospital after Sunday's gruesome left knee injury. There was significant vascular damage in the leg, which team doctors luckily noticed early. How about our boy? Five to shoot. Porzingis backs down his man Murray. Spins, fall away jumper. Too much. And then bounces down and in. Porzingis gets the roll. And timeout Denver. That's Ed Cohen on Knicks Radio Crispy. A career-high 38 points. The Knicks blew a 23-point lead in the third before beating the Nuggets 116-110. The Warriors outscored the Clippers 141-113 for their 11th straight win head-to-head. Toronto, a 99-85 win in Portland. The Celtics Handle the Spurs, 108-94. The Sixers won in Houston, 115-107. And the Hornets rallied past the Grizzlies, 104-99. Interim Florida coach Randy Shannon making some changes, most notably opening up his QB competition between Felipe Franks <laughs> and Malik Zaire. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. It was closed? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you bring Malik Zaire, or he chooses you. Uh, when he, he graduates from Notre Dame, man, you don't even use the young man. And I thought they were going to throw in a little few little wrinkles, Doug Nussmeyer, the, the OC there, and, and get Zaire involved in this offense. And, and they haven't done any of that. So, wow. Here, here we go. We'll on, see how this works out for him. On ice last night, the Blues beat the Kings 4-2. St. Louis is 10-2-1, matching the best start in team history. And the MLS semifinals continue. Toronto FC held off the Red Bulls 2-1. And Houston and Portland played to a scoreless draw in Texas in their respective first legs. Huh. Yeah, that's nil-nil, by the way. You know yeah. what? I said that, and then somebody yelled at me that it doesn't that I sound like a jerk saying nil-nil. Why? That I'm trying too hard. Hmm. You're doing too much. That, yeah, and he, he knows more soccer than me, and he said that's just not how we roll in America. <laughs> so, so really? Yeah. Oh, you know how we roll in America? We don't play freaking soccer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell him that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Trying to get into yeah. this, man. Come on, let me say nil-nil. You can't dribble it or pass it or hit it. Screw it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they dribble with their feet over there, man. That's that's how they work. Thanks, Bogus. Uh, you, you heard Bogus mention the uh, on again, off again, now on again, six-game suspension for Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, it was took place up here right? and in, in New York. Uh, U.S. District Court Judge Catherine Polk-Faya. 
two L's together, that's a Y sound, right? Yeah. Faye uh, in, in New York issued the ruling which paves the way for Elliott to begin serving his suspension after she heard arguments from the league and the NFL Players Association. Uh, she said in her, her ruling that the NF, NFLPA has failed to demonstrate a substantial question warranting the extraordinary remedy of injunctive relief uh, or a balance of hardships that decidedly weighs in its favor. I don't ha- know what the hell that means other than Did the fact that... Did they provide an English explanation? <laughs> yeah, exactly, other than the fact that... Uh, you can't play right now, but she did stay the decision for 24 hours to allow the NFL Players Association time to consider appealing the ruling. And they have said all along, Ezekiel Elliott has maintained all along that he will keep appealing this to keep his name uh, clear uh, of these charges and uh, of this ruling and, and then be able to stay on the field ultimately. So I expect them to continue to file appeals and, and try to get this now overturned and and put the injunction back in place. Just another another mess to, to add to the Roger Goodell pile. Mm-hmm. How much longer is that guy going to stay commissioner? Anyway? Uh, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be long because there are about seventeen, if we had to believe reports, seventeen owners that are holding up his uh, his extension. And uh, I think you need 24 is the magic number if you want to kick him out and bring in a new commissioner. So. Uh, they're well on their way to 24 if that's what they choose to yeah. do. But 17 uh, are holding up this this extension that we've been discussing for the last month or so that uh, they, we thought that everything was pretty much done except for the signatures being placed on the, the document to extend his, his career as commissioner. Yeah, yeah. I just – it seems strange that all this – now it's already been collectively bargained that then it still has to go to courts mm-hmm. and be ruled on. But well, great, great. And I, if they're going to do it, do it. It's it's right now it seems like it's neither fish nor fowl. Say if he's always got his appeal. Okay, well, great. Can, can he just appeal, file another appeal and stretch it out for a little while longer? Two more appeals, it's going to be the off season, Right. Exactly, and and that's what Cowboys are hoping. That's what Ezekiel Elliott is is yeah. hoping as well. That you can stretch this thing you out. You know, to Dak the Prescott is. Yeah, uh, of course, and and just when it seems like this team is is finding its rhythm and, and uh-huh. playing well up front, offensive line coming into the season, they weren't opening up that many holes, weren't protecting Dak that well, and now seems like they're on a roll. Uh, Zeke over a hundred yards rushing uh, again two weeks ago out in California when you were there. You know, he he started off the game. With a bang and yeah. and, con- and continued that versus Washington uh, the other day, so uh, we'll see how this thing plays out. I would anticipate that they would, the the NFLPA and the representatives of, of Ezekiel Elliott would continue to file motions to to appeal this thing uh, because that's what they've been doing and that's what they've said they're going to continue to do. So they, they have this twenty four hour period in which they can do that. I would expect more of the same. Yeah. Do they still got uh, Des Bryant? Is he still there? Has it, haven't noticed him too much lately. Des Bryant is still there, and and we said this at the beginning of the season. While he is one of the best receivers in the league, is he in that top tier? I don't believe he is. Wow, that sounds strange. It does sound strange, but uh, when when he goes up against those more elite defensive backs, uh, he kind of disappears. And, and I, I think this is a position the Cowboys uh, need to – 
target as far as upgrading in this next uh, offseason is not only wide receiver position. I wasn't too happy as a, a Cowboys fan to see him bring Terrence Williams back. All he does is drop passes, and, and when he does yeah. catch one for a first down, he's great at celebrating. That's it. Uh, but uh, they need to upgrade that position and maybe go out and find you another defensive lineman. They've been playing well. David Irvin, they got him back in the fold mm-hmm. after his suspension. I think he has three consecutive games with at least one sack since he's been uh, back in the huddle. And Demarcus Lawrence is having an all-pro season. Yeah, this is. guy, he, he's been playing well. So, uh, But you never have enough pass rushes, so I think they address that and also address the wide receiver position. We're going to address – more football. I guess RG3 went off again. I, I, well, kind of, sort of, yeah. I, I, I'd forgotten about RG3. but uh, true, he, he, He's around. And I also want to discuss the Zach Miller injury. Uh, played with a guy who suffered a similar uh, injury in Amy Trask, uh, former longtime Raiders executive, and now works for CBS Sports Network. That other pregame show, she tweeted out something uh, about that. And, uh, oh, so, Napoleon McCallum? Yeah, Napoleon Woo. going down. and uh, So we'll, we'll discuss that and also RG3 and, and, and his rent more geo and jones coming up next welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it quit looking at me like that randy <laughs> rang 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 <laughs> My backup singer, Randy Cross, <laughs> joining me here on Geo and Jones. Sign up to be an Old Rewards member today and start earning instantly. Old Reward members earn $5 back for every 150 points you earn. It's fast, it's easy, and free. Only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. See the store for details. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Somebody needs to stay off the phones. Maybe he's not so much stay off the phones because I can understand what RG3 is doing doing he's trying to protect his character and i get that right. people, are, people are slinging arrows in your direction Aww. they're blaming a lot of stuff on you and yada 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 i get it you want to protect your honor but give it up especially on social platforms well, uh, he, he, it's not gonna work right didn't get a fair break well at least i think he's being more honest and giving us a little bit more in-depth uh, insight into what went on there during his tenure in the NFL at Washington, not so much at Cleveland. I think we, we, we know exactly what was going on there. He couldn't stay on the field. Yeah. And But at Washington, he admits, and we already knew this, that he wasn't really wanted by the head coach. He was kind of forced upon uh, that coaching staff there, uh, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. Fine. I'm, tell me. Uh, how many times have you, you heard this before? I go back to Marcus Allen at the Raiders. They, Al Davis didn't want to draft him. He's yeah. sitting in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the same thing happened with Vince Young. Uh-huh. Uh, did Jeff Fisher want him with the Titans? No, did, he didn't. Did, did Mike Shanahan make him not get out of bounds and right. get the crap beat right. out of him? Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and so what? They didn't want you at Washington. But somebody wanted you. Somebody wanted you so much that they traded three first-round picks and a second-round pick. Somebody wanted you, and then yeah. so you're there. Same and, guy that wanted Dion and Bruce right. Smith at the end of their careers. Exactly. <laughs> Same guy wanted Steve Spurrier, right? Yeah. Uh, that worked out. Uh, so 
someone wanted you, and and no, not everyone in there wanted you, and the head coach didn't want you, and I don't know how your daily, your day to day interactions were uh, with your head coach Mike Shanahan at the time. Was he needling you to you know here and there? Was he saying things that you take offense to? I don't know what what went on there, but stop telling me they didn't want me because they gave up a hell of a lot to get you. And, and so the guy who was signing the checks wanted you. You go out there and you control what you can control. And it seems as though just reading uh, the transcript from a radio interview he did here recently that he, he's more at peace with that now. I'm hoping I'm reading it correctly because I'm tired of hearing about they didn't want me. Well, you had the opportunity. V.Y. had the opportunity there in Tennessee. Yeah. Quit telling me they didn't want you. You were the starting quarterback in Tennessee, V.Y. You were the starting quarterback there in Washington, uh, RG3. You had to all, take advantage of the opportunity. Hands. It was all in your hands. <clears throat> yep, yep. And it was – it was. Well, and sometimes a little denial is part of the healing process, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Because, you know, it's, it's a lot of disappointment to go – and we, we don't see it that often for somebody that goes from that big a star to complete fizzle in a fairly short period of time. Yeah. Got to blame somebody. Well, and those three fingers pointing back at you could possibly be wrong. Yeah. Well, to his credit, you know, this guy went out there and played hurt. He went out to his, his rookie year in the league. He, he played hurt in that playoff game versus Seattle, and he was never the same after that. But I mean, I know a lot of guys that play hurt. Uh, you didn't you play with a broken leg? Yeah, I busted my leg yeah. in the off season and it healed by the next like March. Yeah, yeah, I played with it all year long. Right. Yeah, I mean, we were talking to Sean Watson earlier. Mm-hmm. Tore his ACL there at Clemson. His first year to play, his freshman year, yeah. and, and lobby play- kept playing, lobbied to go back in yeah. and play against South Carolina, the arch rival, and and uh, he, he went in and played with that. And I'm not saying it's easy to do that; it's difficult. But uh, you know. You get hurt. That's part of the equation, especially playing at that level. Yeah. And, and it's too bad it didn't work well, out. For what you. people don't understand when you do that, and it's usually the athletes have the hardest part understanding it, is yeah, you were beat up. Yeah, you were hurt. You had the choice. You chose to play. That stays on the sideline. You don't, you, there's no like, oh, yeah, but he's hurt on your evaluation of how you perform. So was he beat up? Yeah. Was it necessarily fair? No. But that kind of not part of the deal. Right. That's it. Yeah. And it, it, it's never fair. It, it, it's it's hard, but it, it's fair in the sense that that's, the sport is all about overcoming those type of injuries, and sometimes you can, and, and sometimes uh, you, you, you can't. And, and RG3 hopefully will – try to make sense of his short career in the NFL. Maybe he gets another shot. Maybe he does. I know he had a workout uh, mm-hmm. early this year. I believe it was the Rams that worked him out. And they said he looked pretty good, but they didn't ultimately sign him. Uh, so we'll see if he gets another shot. And, and you know, with time comes wisdom. And 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 looks like he is uh, hopefully heading down uh, that road where you don't blame others. You go out there, and if you get another opportunity, try to take advantage of that. Yeah. Of that. Uh, I, Bill, blame- Bill Walsh's favorite term of that. Was you know what? Sometimes you just got to get on with the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Um, that hurts, especially <laughs> when you when you're 27 years old and you feel like you can still go out there and play, and which yeah. he probably can, and he just wants. I a, can make that throw. Yeah, and, and just wants an uh, opportunity, and 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 so uh, you know, like I said, he, he worked out for a team. 
And the fact that they even brought him in, at least he's still on some organization's brain, and maybe he gets another shot and he'll – uh, be a better player and a wiser player. Uh, and speaking of injuries, the Zach Miller injury, uh, uh, how horrific uh, was that? And it, it's, it reminds me of two players. And one I, I know I played with in uh, Napoleon uh, Kaufman. Uh, there, uh, you know, Nat played with the Raiders and played at the Naval Academy, of course, yeah. and, and watching him go down, playing the San Francisco 49 and my buddy, uh, Ken Norton Jr., who's currently the – the uh, defense coordinator for the Raiders was in on that hit. And as I was saying, as we were going to break, Amy Trask, longtime executive there with the Raiders, tweeted out uh, some information about that particular play. First game of the season, I believe that was, mm-hmm. uh, up there in Candlestick. And uh, Ken Norton Jr. was wise enough to know how horrific that injury was, that he didn't move uh, and, and you know allowed them to get out there and, and, and attend to Napoleon. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it was emergency surgery for him, just as it has been for Zach Miller here to yeah. save his leg. Well, people forget Robert Edwards, running back for the former UGA, yeah. running back for the New England Patriots at the Pro Bowl on a flat, in a flag football game on the beach that they were promoting. It was an actual event. Did the exact same mm. thing. Dislocated his knee. And that whole and, and almost lost his leg because yeah. of the vascular problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You damaged all those arteries uh, in, in that leg, and I, it, I said it, it's it's reminiscent of, of what Nap went through there in that game versus the 49ers, and also Wendell Davis, remember the former yeah. uh, wide receiver for the Bears out of LSU, and he tore both knees on that horrible on that turf wonderful there. turf in Philly. Yeah, uh, I was exactly. doing that. I did that game. Is actually. that right? Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, I mean to see a guy one knee okay, we we've we've seen that before, but Blue, both both ACLs on the same play. Yeah, and and of course, uh, having torn my ACL, I know you can come back and recover pretty nicely from that. But what Zach Miller is experiencing, you know, his career for all intents and purposes is probably over. Uh, we'll see. Oh yeah, yeah, well, you know, but uh, he's just gonna. I mean, it's it's baby steps right now. I yeah. mean. First things first, save the leg. You get to to save the leg and you get to walk normal and everything else because these kind of injuries are very, very unusual, very rare. And even more so. uh, And to make it worse, the official took that touchdown away. Thank you. I mean, how much longer does he have to hold on to that ball? I'm surprised he didn't just drop everything at that point as soon as he experiences the, the pain that I'm sure was excruciating. From tearing up his his damn leg, uh, and you want me to hold on to the football? How much longer? Really? That was, that was talk about the the definition of adding insult to injury. That's it. it, it in a, in a nutshell, I I couldn't believe that they I did not that call whole, a touchdown. I hope that whole crew can't sleep yeah. for the next month. Yeah, it, it's just amazing that they they took that touchdown off the board, and 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 I hope Zach Miller is. Is, is recovering nicely because uh, that was just to watch. You, you can't even watch it. I, I saw it once. That was more than enough. Just one of those injuries where you just know immediately, uh-oh. That ain't right. will not be good. That's, no. not supposed to, that's not supposed to do that. <laughs> no, I don't think it's supposed to go. Uh, no, bad direction. Yeah, I, I, I'm all for flexibility, but uh, that's taking it yep. to a whole nother level. No, that kind of yoga ain't your gym. <laughs> This is this is so true. I'm not laughing at at, at the uh, what occurred there, of course, but uh, you're right. So Zach Miller, man, hope you are are hanging in there and and are 
recovering nicely and and we can get through this episode because that was a, a terrible one for you and and I'm sure you got a lot of people pulling for you and we're gonna do some more pulling we got our, one of our buddies our colleagues from CBS Sports Network Corey Chavis long-term defensive back in the NFL he's gonna join us talk a little college football and See what who's on his draft radar. He does that draft nasty oh. each and every year. He's, he's probably got, already he's putting got it together. A lot of research. Oh yeah, yeah. Already working on that bad boy. So we got that and a lot more coming up on Gion Jones in the last hour. Don't go anywhere. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.